right, welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. With me, as always, is Chuck Bolin, my faithful co-host. What's up, Reptile friend? Or maybe he's the host and I'm the co-host. No, you're the host. (laughs) I'm always (laughs) co-host. How you been, man? Good, good. Just, uh, I've been really busy. Work's been really busy. Um, I just picked up uh, some Felsuma Barbonica from right. uh, John Woodward, so that's super cool. They've I, I set them up a couple days ago, and uh, I just bought another cage, so I'm already scheming of what I want to put in there. <laughs> um, it's it's I'm I'm trying to pump my brakes a little. I I kind of want to get some uh, Ornata, some Felsuma Ornata, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I've got uh, every every gecko species now that I keep. I have eggs in the incubator for, so I was kind of like, yes, cool. that's a that's a good you know that's a good yeah. uh, a good little sign. Uh, enjoying that, and yeah, um, started just I've I've kind of dropped the Tracy I Tracy A together, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of letting them do their thing, and we're expecting a. Uh, a, a huge uh, low pressure system to come through this weekend. So we'll see. We'll see nice. if uh, that, that starts it off. But uh, yeah, man, just, just, you know, grinding away here. How, how about you? How was the trip? Yeah, and all? I, I guess it's that time of year again, right? Starting to pair stuff up. I better get my act together, but yeah, yeah things are good. I, I actually did throw my uh, black-headed pythons together. So hopefully we'll get some Westerns, get another shot at yeah. those. I'm, I've struck out a couple times, so this has got to be the year or else I'm going to be very disappointed. But yeah, things are good. Had a nice herp trip down to Arizona with uh, the MP crew. So went with Owen and Rob and uh, Keith McPeak and Tom, uh, Rob's friend that works at Denver Zoo. So, yeah, I caught yeah. that. I, I caught the McPeak episode there. That was good. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. So, Sounds like it was. It was a fun. lot of fun. Yeah, we had yeah. a great time. Found some, some really pictures. cool stuff. So. Well, we'll have to get yeah. into that a little more. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll more, chat but, about that. But uh, let's let's not uh, let's not dwell. We yeah, a, for sure. We have a guest tonight. <laughs> We've got a very special guest. Yeah, yeah. we got a good one for you today. Um, Summer Grace Mitchell. Thank you for uh, being on here and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Very excited. <laughs> Yeah. Or thank you for having me. I'm very <laughs> oh, excited. <yeah. laughs> well, you're right too. You're, you're yeah, 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 that works. Yeah. We're all joined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I've gotta say I've got two daughters. One's named Summer and one's named Grace. So oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I have to say you <laughs> you've got a good name. name. Yeah. <laughs> Putting picked, both the both yeah. the girls together. Those well are my done. youngest two daughters, but yeah, fun stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you fit in, in herpetoculture? Yeah. So, um, my name is Summer. I have been into reptiles since I was a child and I kind of have a small, uh, social media presence for my own animals. I mostly keep Moralia and semi-arboreal stuff like that. Pythons mostly. And, uh, yeah. So if you want to check me out there, um, I go by girl with scales. I came up with that when I was 11, so (laughs) I'm still a girl. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah. And then as my, my day job, I am a, uh, videographer, editor, sales person, social media manager for uh, Canova, formerly known as Jacob Oka Reptiles. So. Okay. So, so that's the, the business name or why did he change it to Canova? Well, he changed it actually just very recently. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, essentially just because he, his name is hard to say hard to spell always people always having difficulties with that and at this point it's not just him you know he has a, a whole staff and a facility so he wanted to 
just legitimize the business as an entity rather than kind of him being the, you know, everything being everybody expecting that they're always going to be talking to Justin when that's mm. not always the case. So mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess if you're in the ballpark, by, ball oh, python say it world, right. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. the ball <laughs> python world, you, you're definitely going to know Justin Kabilka's name. So yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised right. that you know that notoriety is uh, ha- carries a lot of weight. So yeah, he's done some amazing things. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you've done some amazing things for well, him. Well, I was going to say <laughs> it sounds like you're him. <laughs> a woman who who wears many hats in that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a pretty um, successful company and. I've really only worked there for in this current position since January. I've worked there for okay. about since two years ago is when I first kind of got connected with him. Um, gotcha. I used to clean snakes, but uh, but yeah, it's really only four people, so it's a pretty small business. So everybody, most people, kind of do multiple things. Yeah. To, you know, keep for it all sure. going. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's, uh, kind of leads us into our topic a bit. So today we're going to talk about, um, this was kind of a topic that was, uh, Casey Cannon mentioned, and he said, you'd be great to, to, uh, have a great insight in this topic. And, um, that's in regards to marketing. And, and if, you know, uh, as a reptile business, if it's important to, to market, or if you just kind of let the animals sell themselves kind of thing, or, you know, the, the importance of marketing in the, in the reptile business world, I guess. So, uh, we, since, uh, you're, you're coming in, we'll, we'll pick one of, or we'll flip the coin and figure out who gets to debate you today. And, uh, and then we'll flip the coin to, again, to see who, um, see which side you get, I guess. All right, Mr. Chuck, are you feeling lucky today? No, (laughs) here's what's going to happen. You're going to flip the coin and you're going to call it in the air. Oh, I'm going to call it this time. Yeah, you're going to call it this time. And if you win or you lose, we'll see. This will be your (laughs) luck, not my luck. I'm switching the tables here. Okay, well, I'm not the luckiest guy either. (laughs) Well, if I lose it consistently doing this method, then it is completely and 100% me. And there can be no doubt, but we got to try okay. and switch this. Right. I got to figure this out. Well, that's weird that I'm flipping my own coin, but all right, here we go. <laughs> L- listen, I got a coin. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'll call heads here um, and it's heads. <laughs> so, yep, that uh, I guess that goes along with the whole whole deal. So yeah, I'm going right. to I'm going to go ahead yeah. and uh, jump in the debate here. So if you are like you? To, wow. Yeah, all right. Sure. Okay. You'd I'll like moder- to moderate, Mr. Yeah, Poland? <laughs> sure. All right. And then, Summer, do you want to call it or do you want me to call it uh, in regards so, to who gets the topic? Okay. So, how does it, how do I'm bad at coin flips? So, what do you mean? Yeah. If <laughs> not if as bad the, as me, <laughs> <laughs> if you win the coin toss, you get to pick which side you defend. Okay. And if you lose, then I get to pick which side uh, I defend. Okay, so, but, yeah, but, um, I'll let yeah. you can call it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Flipping my own coin again. <laughs> All right, I'll go with heads again. And it's heads. <laughs> uh, okay. that's, a, that's a double-headed coin. Man, I, I just can't, can't lose here. Coin. Uh, I, I, I've shown you plenty of times. It's the same coin. There's the tails. There's the heads. We're, we're all, all right, legitimate. That was awfully here. quick. That was pretty quick. <laughs> I didn't see the whole thing. All right. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm a proponent of low energy <laughs> let the animals sell themselves like i just want to produce good animals that i don't have to do a lot of work to sell so maybe so I'm you're on the but... on the, the 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 less marketing side or the the non-necessity yeah. to market 
That's right. Okay. So I, I feel like, you know, if you, if you produce nice animals, they're kind of going to speak for themselves. So I, I, I kind of feel that way as well, but, but <laughs> I supposed to moderate. Yeah. I come know. on. You can't well, take sides. I got <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'll mil- I'm, I'm Mills Lane now. Okay. You got to be right. fair and impartial. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, so, well, yeah, go ahead. Which side are you, which who's going, you, 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 you won the coin toss, Justin. So you, so whoever wins the coin toss decides which side they, they want to take and they get to decide whether they want to start or they want the uh, other person to start. So what is it? Julie? I'm going to, I'm going to let summer go first. That's, that's, that's good of you beating us to two coin tosses in a row. Thank you for being the gentleman there. All right. Well, let me, let me get out my notes. Oh, this girl came prepared. I like it. You're going to beat me up. (laughs) My my first point is that, first of all, I think, of course, everybody should be striving to produce quality animals. I think that kind of goes without saying. Hopefully, anybody who is a breeder who loves reptiles, that is their goal. Yeah. But I think first and foremost, putting effort into your marketing and your presence and promoting your business helps you to stand apart from other people because we're, you know, you're not the only snake guy on the block. And if everybody hopefully is focusing on producing quality animals, then having, you know, a certain brand or vibe or look or feel can help you stand apart from the guy next to you at the reptile expo that has the same snakes on his table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I get that. And I guess that's maybe why I moved into things that not a lot of people work with. So, you know, the anteresia, there's not very many um, anteresia specialists at at these reptile shows. So I figure, you know, that's something I actually kind of stopped breeding a lot of carpets because there was a ton being imported and there were a lot of breeders that had a lot of time to sell their animals where I'm, you know, I've got a full-time job and a big family. So I spend a lot of time um, doing other things besides reptiles. So I guess the effort and the time that I have allotted kind of goes more towards taking care of the animals and, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't have a ton of time to to market. So I figured I would find a, a niche or a niche, however you want to say it, a nipper, I'm sorry, which, <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, um, so, Can you, you know, that's a nipper and <laughs> like a, we'll a, just call it a oh, nipper, nipper instead you know of, what I mean? instead, instead of a niche. niche. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, that's a that's a very worthy comment. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, if if I have something that people don't generally have, then it, you know, takes the pressure off of marketing. You know, I think people can see that the animals are are good quality and you know, when they purchase from me, they can um get good customer support and things like that. But I don't spend a lot of time marketing. Now probably something I might increase a little bit. And I'm actually trying to get my youngest daughter to help me uh, market. She helped me take pictures the other day and stuff like that. So that was kind of fun. So I guess if I had um, somebody to help me, it might be a little better. But for now, I, I just kind of chose to find a, a niche that or a nipper that not very many people Thank you. Um, have. And, uh, and then kind of let the animals uh, speak for themselves or produce things that people want that aren't really available. And I mean, I think that that makes perfect sense. And if you are on, you know, like I said, the number one priority should be the animals. So if you are doing this as like more of a side thing or it's 
you know, I don't, it's, I don't know. Some people don't like the word hobby, but if it is just like a hobby or your, you know, your interest that you do when during the day you're at a university or doing something with science or whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Then, I mean, you need to be focusing on the animals, but what I would say to that point is that when you do pick that nipper species, <laughs> um, you know, like you're saying, like not a lot of people work with the anteracia. I, I went to Tinley recently and I saw so few. And the one that I did see, I was like so enthralled by it because I'd never seen it in, seen one in person before. Uh-huh. Um, what was it? Can I it was ask? A, it was an antel. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So, so to my, my point there is by increasing your marketing and promoting your business and thereby the animals that you're producing, you're also promoting that passion you have for that species that is perhaps underappreciated, underrepresented in the hobby. And if it's a species that you think more people should be interested in or take notice of, then by doing marketing, branding, pushing yourself a little bit, you're just bringing attention to it and helping to preserve it, make it more popular, get people on the same bandwagon as you, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Would you say though, Justin, that you know you, you do have a website, and and that website it does pretty much have the adventures and you know uh, productions of of Justin Julander on it, right? It's true. So is, that, yeah. is that kind of a way? I mean, you know, I, I guess you you know it's kind of where you draw the line of marketing, right? Hey, whose True. side are you on here? What's I, I, going on here? Just <laughs> asking the questions. No, I mean that's a that's a good point. I mean, it's it's hard, I guess, not to market if if we're kind of you know considering anything you you know in, any uh, promotion or or yeah. like I mean at a reptile show I don't just sit there with my arms folded I try to teach people and tell them how exciting and cool antresia are because they're mm-hmm. a, you know a python in a small package kind of thing you know you don't have to clean yep. up after a retic so um you know that's that's definitely true and I and I agree that you know I kind of do some um <laughs> what's it the, the you know not really active, maybe some passive marketing, I guess, or, you know, writing books, people are going to say, Oh, this guy wrote a book on Antaresia. So maybe he knows something about Antaresia. So, you know, it may, maybe help uh, sell things. Uh, Well, I think it's exploit. Um, It's like exploit marketing. You, you kind of document your exploits and, mm -hmm. and, or or you, or you compile things and, and create data. I mean, you're, you know, um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm maybe, uh, mentally separating like true, you know, marketing, getting sure. out there, you know, uh, putting up ads or, or making things graphically interesting or, you know, having a, a cool, well, you know, cool design or like a logo or things like that, you know, that, yeah. and, and I, and I, I agree. I, I do some of that stuff and, uh, and I, I do think it helps for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, I guess the, the other maybe side of that is, um, so, you know, sometimes you, you know, people get this flashy name or a reputation or something, but you know, it's same stuff. You might, you might find better quality from somebody else and you wonder, are they, are they doing this to, you know, to be a business or are they doing this to, you know, to really promote the animals? Uh, so it's, you know, I, I think for, for, um, to, to not cross that line, maybe I've shied away a little bit from marketing um, in, in that respect, but, um, obviously I do do some level of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's this industry hobby community, whatever you want to call the reptile world is interesting to me because I think a lot of people feel that way. I think they feel 
it's kind of like bands not like in the old days not wanting their songs to be like used in movies or something because they're like <laughs> oh it's i'm selling out or whatever commercial yeah right yeah but <laughs> yeah but I, I think you know it is such a group of people who are tend to be more introverted tend to be Mm-hmm. a little strange i mean we all we, we relate to these creatures for a reason you know what i mean we all kind of yeah. something about them speaks to us because they're misunderstood a lot of people have you know echo that sentiment like i like that you know i'm I'm appreciating this creature that nobody else understands and it's like it feels like me or whatever so <laughs> yeah. i think there's an element to it that people feel like it's like selling out like you know, all I care about is the animals and none of this other stuff matters. This is all extra. And then as an extension of that, they start to get into their head that because they feel that way, that means that anybody who does care about that other stuff doesn't care about the animals. And that's all they care about. And I think that's a bit of a kind of just, you know, just an unfounded uh, misconception. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're... not necessarily you, obviously, I'm just speaking generally, but I think people yeah, are yeah. inferring motivation where they really have no insight. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I've heard people like, for instance, like I'll use, um, I don't know if you're familiar, Garrett Hartle, like Reach Out yeah. Reptiles. He does the yeah. Super Dwarfs. He mm-hmm. puts a lot of effort into his shipping boxes, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't use the normal shipping boxes that everybody else, is, else uses. He went and found a, sh- a box company He got all the specs so that they have like all the same like crush physics things going on. So it's all safe, but he got his branding on it. He does special little tins. Like it's like a whole experience when you open up the box and like, Mm -hmm. yes, is that kind of unnecessary? Sure. It's a box. You're sending the snake. It's going to get there, whether it's a fancy box with fancy crumpled stuff in it or a regular box with paper in it. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. yeah, but by adding that extra element, I think. It's just adding to the customer experience and making people feel like not only are you a good customer service representative in in the fact that you are, um, you know, communicating with them, like you were saying, like, you know, if somebody comes up to you at a show and talks to you, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a good interaction. Hopefully you're going to be nice to them. You're going to educate them. So going beyond that, it's, it's not just customer service, it's customer experience and making people feel like they are a part of something, a part of a brand in the same way that when you buy an iPhone, you know, people do unboxing videos of iPhones, even though it's just a metal phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they're made of, but (laughs) you know, people like that experience of getting something and feeling like, Oh, this is my insert name of animal breeder here, animal, not just something they could have gotten from anybody else. Sure. Now, I, I guess I, I would see um, how that would be a, a really good business model. Um, I guess that where I'm maybe taking issue with that line of thought is, is that it's an animal, you know, you're not trying to get somebody to buy like an overpriced phone or things like that. You're, you're, you know, I don't feel like people should be talked into getting an animal because of the, the experience, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, I want to buy something. So I'm going to go to the person with the flashiest display or, you know, the, the best box or things like that. You know, I, I guess I'm, I'm more of the side of like talking people out of an animal unless they're really (laughs) into it. And, you know, it's, it's hard because I think the reptile, um, industry is a whole kind of 
convinces everybody that they need to be a breeder and they need to make money from selling their reptiles and things like that, you know, and, and, and that's one of the reasons I kind of kept it as a hobby business. So I wouldn't need to make money from reptiles to feed my family. I don't care if I sell snakes, you know, as long as they're not running me out of house and home. And, you know, sometimes that's the motivation to, to put up ads is when I starting to run out of room or something. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, some people do that as a business and, and, and I guess I can, um, you know, see people want to have the best, uh, brand or, or a good experience with their brand. And, and I think as long as that goes along with quality animals, I don't have too much issue with it. But I, I think there's kind of a fine line between, you know, peddling animals and, and doing it responsibly. So that's, you know, one kind of other side of the coin issue that I, well, well, I think what's, I totally agree with you there, but I think what's the thing to kind of encapsulate that is first, like I said, in the beginning, the animal should always come first. And I think if you don't have Mm. quality animals, the whole facade falls away really quickly. You know what I mean? Because as soon as, you know, as soon as you get a bunch of people saying, oh, my animal was sick or wasn't what I purchased or had my, you know what I mean? As soon as all that stuff starts getting in, it doesn't, I, I don't think it matters how, I don't think the package, so to speak of not just the actual package, but the whole, whatever you are can ever substitute for the animals. So I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, you may get away with it for a little bit, but ultimately that's going to all not sustain itself if your animals don't live up to what you're promising people. And I also think that most people that I see who have a more flashy presentation or, you know, they, they put more money and care and time and energy into that sort of thing. They're not selling like cheap animals that anybody's going to be able to afford or be interested in. Most people that I think kind of get the, I don't, the animals aren't throwaway, but people kind of see them as throwaway. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people who are getting, that's cheaper animals. And the people that are doing the high-end marketing kind of stuff usually aren't even producing those kind of animals or if they are they're wholesaling them or something. You know what I mean? Like they're not, that's not their focus or their main source of business. Yeah. I I do think there are a couple of uh, exceptions to that. And and unfortunately, you know, they, they do persist far longer than they should. I mean, there's some that are still, you know, going on, even though how many people have had negative experiences. And I think it's because they have access to more, less, less available animals. If people want an animal, they're often going to take a risk. If it's a rare or hard to acquire animal, they'll, they'll maybe do a deal with the devil and buy something from, you know, an importer that right. has a shitty reputation. I, I, I think we, like I think we see people who, who, who stay the, the person because they can get those animals and whether they do it very well or don't do it very well, they get those animals. So they're always that, that person, you know what I mean? But they're always marked. You know what I mean? If you don't do it well, you're always marked by that. It's just that, you know, if you're able to get animals in that nobody else gets in because you're importing and you're that person, then that's who people will ultimately go to, you know, buyer beware. But I would say once you're marked, you you know, it, it's and, and, you know, I, I mean, I guess everybody gets, you know, 
new people get hoodwinked. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Right. You don't know. And then you usually buy and then you do your research and then you're like, Oh crap. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I mean, Hank Malt did, uh, did persist for quite a while (laughs) because he was, you know, getting things illegally and had things that nobody else could get. Right. Yeah. Sorry. You were going to say something. something? No, I was just going to say, that's my job. I agree. And I think, I think that's more prevalent in the importation yeah. side of things where yeah. it's, it's animals that aren't readily bred in captivity. And so yeah. like you're saying, there's just not any other, it's like, if you want that animal, it's this one or nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but to that same point, I see a lot of those types of animals and maybe not necessarily super rare, one, rare ones, but like imports and stuff like that, that are like about, you know, they're going to die in 48 hours is kind mm-hmm. of coming from people who put zero effort into anything they're doing clearly and somehow they still sell but it's because they're cheap and people don't know any better and they just look at the price tag and they say okay this is you know this is the cheapest one here so i'm gonna get that it's a great deal and then you know 10 minutes later it's dead but Mm -hmm. I, i think if if you're spending enough money to like for instance, we just did a total rebrand for the business that I work for. Mm-hmm. And we went from Jake Bilker Reptiles to Canova and it wasn't cheap. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's a it's a when you do it with a professional company and things like that, I mean there's there's a lot of costs involved. And if somebody's willing to put that much finance into something and effort and time and all of that, I think the percentage of overlap between like sketchy people and people who put that much effort into something yeah. is I'm sure it's there, but I think it's slim. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you might get a couple of creeps that are just super creeps, but I think most creeps are putting in as little effort as possible. So <laughs> That's true. Low so, energy creeps. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I guess I, I look at kind of that, I'm, you know, I'm the guy who has all the rare stuff, you know, I'm the guy who, the only guy who can get stuff out of this place or that place. Um, you know, you have to come to me kind of thing. I, I guess I see that as somewhat as marketing. And then a lot of times they'll have flowery descriptions for their animals, you know, and, and, and I guess I kind of count that in the, yeah. the marketing category. So there, there are some forms of slimy marketing that oh, really off for sure. That's their brand is that they yeah. have the, the whole, you know, they have the stuff nobody else has. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I guess that's okay if they're doing it responsibly and not, you know, selling people sick animals and things like that. So, you know, yeah, that's, um, just something to be cautious about, you know, not all glittery and, uh, flowery descriptions are, are actual or or true. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's always the, I guess like it's tough because there is that side of it. You know what I mean? Like anybody can make a claim. Anybody mm-hmm. can say, I have the best blank in the world. You know what I mean? But yeah. you have to be able to back up what you're saying. And yeah. so I think as long as you're backing up what you're saying, what you're presenting, then I don't I don't see the issue. And I mm-hmm. think people, because you can say anything you want, I think people tend to assume that it's all just BS. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people yeah. see any kind of marketing as like total just used car salesman type stuff, uh-huh. you know, yeah. but I, I don't think it always is. And I think assuming that it is without, you know, doing your due diligence and looking, I mean, but I think that's a lesson too, that anybody should be looking into everything. Like, cause like you're saying, I, I, you know, there's two sides to everything and 
somebody may have the best animals in the world. You just got to look for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, you know, th there's an element of, of validity to that too. So. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I guess that's another thing, uh, you know, with, with the over or, or the, you know, ex a large amount of, of marketing around selling animals is, um, I, I always kind of wonder, well, how much extra am I paying for all this glitz and glamour? You know, am I paying I, through, you know, is it going to be more expensive because I'm paying for a special, you know, custom shipping box mm -hmm. and, you know, that's been yeah. branded with their logo and things like that. So, um, I, I'd, I'd almost rather find somebody who's kind of quietly doing it in their basement. That's producing quality animals. Then I meet somebody who's, you know, uh, that I maybe align more with, I guess that's, right. uh, something I worry about is if I'm paying extra for all that marketing. Well, I, I think yes and no. Um, mm -hmm. I know from the, my experience with where I work that, the snakes cost what they cost. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And the reason that we can afford to do that kind of thing, you know, more extensive promotional stuff like making posters and selling merch and having all that stuff available is because the animals sell really well and they're high quality animals. So they sell at a, at a high price. Like mm -hmm. that came, that comes first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think that generally will be the case because if somebody has a lot of money to invest in a bunch of marketing, but again, they're not producing the quality animals, it, it's kind of like a cardboard like cutout. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. this facade <laughs> of like, oh, I'm this great business, but then it's like you're just me in my bedroom with like one rack of snakes and like I just I just am good at graphics so I made myself a cool logo and like have, you know what I mean like yeah. I, you can that would be me if I marketed right there yeah you're like you <laughs> can like the most yeah well, go for it <laughs> Sorry, a couple people's eyes and you know get a nice Christmas <laughs> present yeah. um, but no so I think like I said all I can speak for is, is my experience but sure sure you know the the animals and the success of the business came first and all and but but I do think that that even if you don't have a bunch of money to spend on like insane marketing stuff mm -hmm. I think there's the, the other point which is just having a professional presentation which I'm sure mm -hmm. like you do Dustin like you're a a nice clean cut guy you know what I mean like I'm <laughs> yeah. sure your your booth and stuff is like not dirty you know what I mean like I'm sure you yeah. clean off your <laughs> acrylic or whatever but like yeah. having a good presentation taking care in the way that you um, speak to people and the way that you present your animals, all of that stuff, I think is step one. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. every single person who breeds reptiles or imports reptiles or sells reptiles should be doing that at a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't put the effort into with whatever money you have or whatever money you don't have to make whatever you're doing presented as professionally as possible, then I don't believe that you are putting any effort into the animals that you have. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you can't Windex an acrylic at a reptile show, then are you cleaning your cages? Like are your snakes like sitting in poop constantly? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Well, yeah. I, I feel like having that level of polish, whether it's at a high level or a small level, it allows people to trust that you put that same level of care and attention to detail into your animals. So, and I mean, I'm sure you're not arguing for like people being like gross, but I just think that <laughs> yeah. there's like, you know, there's an element of marketing that everybody should be doing, which is that they should be presenting themselves 
well and the animals well. Oh, I, I fully agree. Yeah. It's really frustrating to see, you know, gross displays, like you said. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and on the internet too. I mean, like mm-hmm. not everybody has to be a like graphic designer or like world renowned writer or something, but like mm-hmm. write a full sentence when you're talking to people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't read really, Spelled like, and, co- and punctuated yeah, correctly. Right. Is that like, take a, yeah. yeah. Like take, if, if you're taking yourself seriously, yeah. if you're not, then by all means don't. Yeah. But if you, if you're taking yourself seriously and you want other people to take you seriously, then you need to put that effort in to present yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh that's, I guess that basic level of maybe even passive marketing that, you know, I, I think we, yeah. we all agree that is, is definitely necessary and important. Uh, you want to, you know, speak, you know, in, I guess coherently and, you know, try to present yourself well. So people, uh, see that, you know, what you're doing and things like that. So right. I, I agree fully. Um, so I, uh, one other, um, potential, I guess, negative side of, of high levels of marketing could be this kind of more trend towards getting animals because they're popular for like, you know, social media likes and things right. like that, you know, buying an expensive snake because, you know, Oh, I'm the only guy on the block with this and it cost me 10 grand or whatever, you know, we've kind of right. had this yeah. discussion on the the podcast before, but, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's maybe another side of it where you're selling more of an image than, you know, and this kind of goes back to one of my earlier thoughts of, you know, we, we shouldn't be selling images. We should be selling, you know, reptiles because they're cool to people who right. appreciate them because they're cool, you know? Right. Um, well, so, so yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I know what you're, t- I know oh. what you're getting at. And I, I agree. And I think that there is a, there is a level of that, that I think is honestly just social media in general. And I think in any, yeah. any interest in the world, you're going to find that what I mean, and it's not always going to be a Boland's Python or whatever. It's going to be whatever it is in that specific interest group that that is the it thing to have that that makes you seem successful or cool or rich or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that gets a little exaggerated at times because okay. while I there are people for sure who do that, I'm, I can think of one in particular, <laughs> but like I also, I mean, straight up. My boss has Bolins. He's got a pair. And yeah. I'm 100% sure that people have said that and are still saying that about him, that he got them for social media. But the funny thing is he never posts them on social media. <laughs> yeah. He did one video when he got them. Uh-huh. And every time they've ever been posted on social media since then, I did it. Because uh-huh. I was like, why are we never posting pictures of these? They're cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. awesome snakes. But he, he literally, he's had them for two years and there's maybe four posts of them total including the very first video he did where he showed that he got them mm-hmm. and then that was it like everything else is me <laughs> and that's because <laughs> i really i mean i love morelia i mean like i'm a yeah. australian indonesian kind of kind of python person so <laughs> i'm like super stoked on them and and he is too but i did that more than he did because i was like i wanted to show off the <laughs> The yeah, pythons. Yeah. I was like, I get to work with the Bolin's python. I'm taking a picture of it. I'm going to yeah. go look at it out in the sun and see the rainbow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, there are for sure, that is an element to it. But I think that 
the majority of people who, who keep, you know, who, who do this, the high level of marketing stuff. And it's, it's hard because there's so many levels we could be talking about. There's YouTubers Mm -hmm. that are doing a lot of promotion on their YouTube channels and for clickbait and things like that. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, there's people who are trying to sell things. Like you said, there's people who are trying to import. There's, there's different facets of this. So we could be talking about different things and different approaches, but I would say that if you're a reptile breeder who is focusing on a specific species and you're promoting that species and really you work with high quality projects in that species and you have been successful, so you have the money to have professional branding and professional packaging and professional merchandise and several tables at a reptile show and everything's Mm -hmm. big and pretty and clean and a nice facility, then those typically aren't the people who are buying a bunch of random species and keeping them because they're really focused. Mm -hmm. Like we have at my facility, I say my facility, I wish it was my, at the facility I work at. (laughs) Yeah. There's like thousands of (laughs) ball pythons. And then Uh there's like five other snakes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, and, and my boss loves all snakes. He started out doing, not even doing ball pythons. He did colubrids. He had venomous, like he's done a bunch of stuff, but (laughs) He found the ball pythons and he was like, well, if I'm going to do this as a business, then I need to like, well, he got, he got interested in the genes, you know what I mean? But he's like, I need mm-hmm. to focus on this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need to be distracted with, he's, he, you know, like kind of like jack of all trades, master of none, like yeah. get rid of all the rest of the rest of it and really focus on this one thing. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what he's done. So it wasn't even really until recently that he got, he started getting the other species. He's got file snakes which hmm. no one's ever even seen he's never which, which them. species does he have <laughs> Justin's like, oh, really? Huh? Yeah. cape something oh cape file snakes yeah, so like the, the, snakes. not yeah. the water ones the, the land yeah ones. no they're okay. cool though um yeah. Yeah, and yeah, i've seen people use those on instagram like under purple lights and like make them look all pretty mm-hmm. but we don't do that um <laughs> and uh yeah he's got he's got a retic that no one's ever seen mm-hmm. um so so i think that yeah, I, I just feel like there's a little bit of um, hyperbolization that goes into some of it too. Like people start kind of it, nagging on people, on it's, you know, it's unwarranted. definitely tough, right? Because you you know, uh, there's such a there. So it's all intention, right? And and what what's wrong with somebody who's successful and enjoys reptiles and has a YouTube presence, getting a Boland's Python or a pair or two pairs or whatever, nothing, absolutely nothing. But the ridicule comes when, when they end up on, you know, Oh, they're just, Oh, they're doing that just to show off. Cause they're so expensive. Oh, and I get like, I get, but then there's, there's also those people who legitimately get one so they can show it off Yeah, so, for sure. because there's, you know, there, there is, we, we, you know, social media is kind of an attention whorish, um, self fulfilling, yeah. you know, thing in it for some people, it, it mm-hmm. you know, some people need that attention. And, and I think it, it is unfortunate, definitely that, that well, it, it's easy to paint with a broad brush for sure. And I think there's also an element of, this is kind of going on a tangent. It's not really related to the topic, but like, We're there's an all element about of, tangents here. <laughs> there's an element <laughs> yeah. of, um, I would say like pet tube in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there that I feel like is a dangerous place not to not to offend <laughs> anybody, but because yeah. it's kind of like you can like I have pet snakes, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. none of my snakes are really big enough or old enough to breed right now. I've got like a dozen I've got like a dozen snakes in my house. They're all pets really. Mm-hmm. There's only so much that I can say about them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At a certain point you have to keep getting more 
to have more yeah. to talk about. So it becomes this cycle of I've got to get a new pet to have something new to talk about, which that's where I feel like you get into, especially like getting, you know, especially if people are successful and have enough money to spend. They get a bunch of, they get cool species that maybe are expensive because they're hard to take care of and nobody can breed them. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. That right. then they get, they can't take care of it well, or, you know, people kind of get a little bit, uh, salty because it's like a species <laughs> that people really want to work with but most people can't afford yeah. and then this person who really doesn't know what they're doing gets it you know what i mean it, there's all there's so many layers to it but there's for sure people who get who get into things for the wrong reasons who who you know who like like justin was saying who promote themselves um disingenuously mm-hmm. and i think the the thing we can't do is assume that everybody is that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we've yeah. got to look at we've got to assume that most people are good, and until proven otherwise, then you know <laughs> then we can start we can start saying um saying you know whatever we need to say to to get that stopped. But so I, I actually have one point that I I think I feel really strongly about, sure. and I'm curious how you guys will find find this take. Um, so one of the biggest reasons that I think it is not just okay for somebody to be like this, but I think it is necessary for there to be businesses in the reptile world that are heavily focused on their brand, their presentation, their marketing, their facilities, all of that stuff is the legitim- the legitimization of the business, of the hobby, of the industry. Um, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier, a lot of us are weirdos in one way or another. You know, you're like a weird nerd or you're like a non-mainstream person, like alternative lifestyle. You know what I mean? There's there's mm-hmm. there's different ways to be weird, but most of us are weird in, in some way. In yeah. some way. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And and that's that's great. But the problem is we hurt ourselves by being so accepting of our weirdness and so willing to be weird. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we separate ourselves from the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, some people, that's what some people want. They're like, F that. I don't want to be mainstream. I want to be, you know, I want to be off to the side doing my own thing. That's great. The problem is that we have people that are fighting against us to not let us have these animals and not let us work with the things that we love. You know, legislations are happening all over the country all the time, you know, trying to ban things or make it harder to Mm. do what we're trying to do. And the less mainstream we are, the more weird kid in the corner we are, the harder it is for us to fight against that. The more that we have people who look legit, who look like, hey, I'm a normal person making a good living. I have employees. If you shut me down, all these people are going to be out of a job. Like this is a legitimate business. I'm not some, some, you know, biker in my basement. Like, with, <laughs> You know, yeah. I'm not like a snake puppy mill. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, the more that we have people like that who have that really professional presentation, who are appealing to a broader audience and are able to get their message out on YouTube, on social media, on things like that, bring more people in. First of all, it makes the community bigger. It grows the reptile community. And then, like I said, it, it makes it more legit so that when people look at us, they're not thinking it's just a bunch of freaks. I mean, sorry, that mm. sounds rude, but, no. but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's really important that we, we think about that and about how we can protect ourselves by doing more. 
And by kind of looking outside of our own little box of what we feel, you know, we feel like, oh, well, we all understand each other. So that's all that matters. We need other people to understand us too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's definitely a hit that I can't duck. I mean, that's, that's very important. And I mean, you got me. I, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I completely agree that, you know, there does need to be some professionalism within the hobby. If, if we don't, then yeah, we're just like basement guys. And, and then, you know, we can get steamrolled by legislation. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I think, you know, just if I could butt in as the non, you know, yes, nonpartisan uh, commentator <laughs> here, uh, you know, I, I think that the cool thing about the hobby is, is it does bring people in who maybe feel marginalized in society. They feel like they're fringe. And, and we have this great thing in reptiles that kind of brings people from all walks of life together. I've said 100%. this, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't even tell you how many times. And yeah. um, I think that one of the, th that, 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 for me, for me, what I think is everybody should be able to be who they want to be, you know, whether they, you know, have big gauged earrings and a lot of face piercings and tons of tattoos. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. Uh, what we need to be able to do is bridge that gap with people who don't exactly. understand us and and are able to. So those of us who maybe affiliate more mainstream and i would consider myself somebody who va who can vacillate between and you're, almost you're wearing any group of people cans on your shirt macaw uh, dude it, it's a, <laughs> it's a we have aloha friday at my work so every friday we wear like a hawaiian themed or like a crazy shirt so that's why i have the shirt on so right. every friday you can catch me hey, in listen a, no uh, judgment a, I love yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. fun it's super fun my coworker has an awesome like hulk hogan or no it's a macho man it's a macho man button down. It's awesome. I was like, oh, you win. So um, anyway, I just, you know, I think, I think it's important that, um, you know, those of us who can help bridge that gap and, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, stuff that's kind of crap because, uh, uh, you know, the, what's the normal, what's the average, is that fair? Is that, you know, I mean, yeah. but, 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 but perception is reality and how we're perceived. And so to your point, having legitimate businesses and those people who who can bridge that gap so people don't you know pe people can't just say ah it's a bunch of weird people who do mm -hmm. weird stuff and and i don't get that at all um you know mm -hmm. that, that, that that's not the case that's not the case at all um so i, I think you're 100 percent on 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 point there i just think it's you know oh well, yeah and i completely agree with you i mean i think yeah. the great thing about the reptile world, like you said, is that so many people are connected by these animals who in other ways would be so, I would have never talked to them. You know what I mean? We, yeah, like we you, wouldn't, we wouldn't hang out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's great. And everybody who, and anybody who is anybody should be allowed to be themselves and love the animals. And we can, we can connect in the way that we connect. And if we don't connect in other ways, that's great. If you want to ride a Harley, go for it. If I like, you know, would like to be a hermit and stay in my house 24 seven, I'm staying here. But like you're saying, I think that we need to have the representation of the, you know, we need to have the mm -hmm. representation of the weird nerd kid. We need to have the representation of the, the burly guy with the tattoos. And we need to have the representation of the quote unquote normal mainstream, you know, fits in with the crowd person, you know, we mm -hmm. need to have mm -hmm. it all so that anybody feels comfortable coming in because the reality is, is that, 
even though we do become connected with everybody, it's kind of like lunch tables. You know what I mean? Like you gravitate towards people that outwardly you feel like are your people. And then once you start talking to them, you might realize they suck or you might realize, hey, those band geeks over there, they're the, they're the real cool ones. But we need to be reaching out and trying to bring more people in. And the way to do that is by having representation for things that are people are used to. People are used to Apple and you know, brands that are professional and sleek and modern and they have good packaging and they have good fancy slogans and they have good, you know, all these, all these different things. And so that, if that feels familiar to people, they're going to be like, Hey, what's that about? I didn't know. Like, you know what I mean? They're just, I feel like it's just opening the doors for so much opportunity to make contact with people who would necess- wouldn't necessarily know that this was a thing. Well, um, it, isn't it like kind of like packaging something that's foreign to people in a way that they understand it, right? People understand marketing. They understand what that is. And if you can market to people or you can advertise to people so that they understand or get something that they don't participate yeah. or wouldn't normally participate in, in a way that that is you know, appealing yeah. to them, palatable to them, then, then you're, you're, you're potentially making some inroads, right? Is that kind yeah, of what ex- you're kind of, yeah, you said it way okay. better than I, that was exactly uh, what I was trying to say. Yeah. Chuck, no. quit. You're, you're, you keep taking her side. Come on, man. I'm not taking anyone's <laughs> side. I, I, I'm, no, I, I, I agree that, you know, we definitely need that kind of representation. I, the, um, maybe the other side of that, uh, the, the only kind of chance I have at maybe getting a little swing in here is, uh, um, you know, as long as we're not um, being too snooty, you know, I guess if you've, you've got this brand and you're like, well, I don't want that right. person representing my brand. You know, you don't want to be like whatever those clothes companies are that only make size, you know, zero through two or whatever. And they yeah. only cater to model types or whatever that that bothers me. Right. And and I think, you know, you might yeah. see that in the reptile hub. I, I had uh, talking with some friends. They they were um, interacting. Well, they weren't interacting with this major YouTuber guy. Um, he was visiting with some of their friends and it was like, they didn't even exist. I mean, they were just there. They were in the same car with this guy and he didn't even like say, Hey guys, how are you? What's going on with you? You know, he was just like completely focused on the two guys that he was interviewing and he didn't want to deal with anybody else, you know, getting, getting that, attitude of I'm I'm better than other people right. because I have this brand or I have this snake or I make yeah. these cool things. That's that's where it kind of goes off the rails a little bit, I think. And oh, I mean I my my biggest the thing that I hate most about um a lot of this branding stuff is the you know the clickbait, the you know the yeah. uh, I I and that's mainly with the YouTube stuff. And yeah, it, like it, it drives me nuts. A different, yeah. And, and, you, and you know, the algorithms but, and stuff kind of demand yeah. that to some extent. My, my view on the, the clickbait is, um, because I mean, we, every time we put out a video, we sit there and think about what is our title? What is our thumbnail? Like, how are we going to mm-hmm. get people to watch this? But my thing, and luckily it's also my boss's thing too, is that like, we don't, we, we won't present the animals negatively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll say, like, this is the best snake I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, we'll hyperbolize, but, like, yeah. we're never going to be like, my snake tried to kill me or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we just, that's just a line that's like, yeah. yeah, that's just not necessary. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it, it's just, 
it doesn't, to me, it doesn't help. Now it is necessary if you're trying to make your money off YouTube. Yeah. And so that is where I, I guess like on the one level, I understand people doing Mm -hmm. it because like if YouTube is your income, then, and you, and you've looked at your analytics or whatever, and you see that like when you make those titles and thumbnails, like that makes you twice as much money as a video that doesn't have it. Then like, yeah, you're going to do that because that's how you're making all your money. Luckily, YouTube for us is a vehicle to just get our just get the word out about what we're producing and point people to the snake. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, it's but, not it's not how we make most of the money. So yeah. do, do and, you and feel that, like though, do you feel like though that that aren't those people who are, you know, using the scare tactic with a big snake, doing the same thing of selling snakes to the the average non-snake person? They're just doing it in the the negative flip rather than the positive flip of, uh, you know, they're well, appealing to the different side. There's they're doing the same thing in marketing to to yeah. a group that wouldn't see it, but they're they're using an entirely different human mechanism to make that connection. Well, so so I've I mean I've interacted with people. I wouldn't say I'm like friends with them. I know people who do that. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. They are kind of reasoning that they've that I've heard them say is that they are basically like they're because they get like those videos get so many views, it brings people to the channel. The videos are never actually that. You know what I mean? It is just clickbait. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the videos never actually have that really happening. Like it'll maybe be like sort of happening, but it's like not, you know what I mean? It's always just overblown. Yeah, yeah. Or it's yeah, like yeah. totally like like, yeah, it's just a, it's just a lie, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah their kind of reasoning is that then like once they watch the video, they see how great the snakes are and they see how nice everything is and how they're not scary and they're not mean. And I understand that to a degree, but I guess my thinking is for every, so, so on YouTube, there's something called a a click through rate, which is basically how of the people that were shown your thumbnail, how many people actually clicked. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say that your click through rate is 20%, which would be like a really good click through rate. That still means 80% of people just saw the thumbnail and didn't actually watch the video. Right. So to me, right. and, and I mean, again, if, I don't know, I'm not trying to like crap on people or whatever, but like to me, yeah. I think about those 80% that don't watch the video and all they saw was your thumbnail portraying it negatively. Mm-hmm. And that's kind right. of why right. I won't step over that line. Even if all yeah, of our sure. videos are positive, I'm thinking about, okay, well, what if there's a person who doesn't like snakes and they see that video and that makes them not like snakes even more so yeah. they don't click on it and then it just perpetuates, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I think about. Cause, yeah. and, and not to negate, you know, the interest that those people do bring in because they're, I'm sure that is valid. I'm sure, you know, if you have two and a half or three or whatever million followers on any kind of social media, that's a, a big impact. And I'm sure a lot of it is, people who would not necessarily give two craps about reptiles. But Mm -hmm. I do also think about the people that just see it and scroll and don't click and at least bad impression. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, you wonder if they were going to click anyway, even if it was a positive (laughs) spin. Yeah. That's the thing. They might, but yeah, yeah. it might not have gotten never, the video might have (laughs) never done good. So they never showed up on their page to be clicked on in the first place. So yeah, there's so many variables. And I mean, if they weren't going to click on it and they saw what they saw, what they thought they would see if they did click was a negative interaction, perhaps you're just reinforcing what they thought all along anyway. So it may not even be a positive, you you know what I mean? Like if they weren't going to click, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't do any, any justice. Like it's an, 
it's not benign, right? Because you're it they're still seeing it and they're still saying, like, see, yep, just like I thought. Yep, that's yep. what it is, right? And it's kind of like, no, it's not. But you know, it, it I, I guess my other thing is I'm starting to think about like because I, I do have a small YouTube channel um, of mm-hmm. my own. I just started it in the yeah. past year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just hit a thousand subscribers. So go. Nice. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Nothing compared to like the hundreds of thousands. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, and you know, I'm always thinking about how can I get people to watch this and make it interesting, but it's like, I want people to want to watch it because they're intrigued by how cool the animals are. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. right. I just think it's appealing to the wrong sensibilities in people. If you're appealing mm-hmm. to like that sensibility of like, Ooh, I want to see somebody's arm get cut off. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's why we want people to be interested <laughs> in reptiles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Find the people you're... who think that something is cool because it is cool. Not because it's yeah. scary and gory and horrific yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and if people are coming into reptiles because of scary, gory videos, yeah, they're probably like, not the best people yeah, to have. Yeah, because they want to watch like, small animals yeah. get killed or something. It's exactly. Like, yeah, that's not, not cool. <laughs> Maybe not who we want to be like really yeah. buying for. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, you've, you've done some really cool videos lately. Uh, your uh, rough scale stuff is pretty sweet. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I had a pair for a brief time and I, I'd like yeah. to get another pair at some point. They're really cool pythons for sure. Oh yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, now that I've seen that yeah. anthill, I might be, do you work with anthills? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're oh yeah. Yeah. Well, species. I might be hitting, might be hitting you up for one of those cause that was super <laughs> cool and I think I can justify it since it's so small. <laughs> Yeah. Justin, uh, yeah. Justin produces good. nice pygmies. He's got some nice yeah. pygmies. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're fun. Yeah. They're I mean, they're, awesome. they're a little pain to get started. This year's actually yeah. were great. Like they, right. they got started right away. So I was really happy about that. Um, I, I guess, um, to summarize, you know, I think marketing, um, you know, is it can, can kind of go, go into dangerous territory when we get people that are, you know, trying to, maybe oversell animals, uh, you know, get, get more money out of them than they're worth, you know, that kind of thing. Um, if they're, you know, pushing, uh, things into territory of, of clickbait or negative, you know, uh, aspects of reptiles just to get people to watch their media. Um, or, uh, you know, I, I think kind of in summary, those are the maybe things that you'd maybe watch out if you're developing a marketing strategy, uh, things, you know, care, care about the animals. Kind of like we said at the first, yeah. you know, that's the primary thing. Right. Um, so that'd be kind of my summary of, of my Your things. Closing that were on statement my, for yeah, the jury. my closing statement. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think f- like we were saying, first and foremost, the quality of the animals should be everybody's priority, whether you're got two snakes or 200 or 2000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think if, and this goes for anybody, not just somebody who's trying to make a a full-time business, but even if it's just a side business or a hobby, like if you take a little bit of effort into, um, you know, your, your presentation, your look, your feel, the way you interact with people, the way you, you share stuff on the internet. Um, I think it's really only a positive as long as like you said, you're honest with your, yeah, with whatever you're saying, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's never going to be a negative and, and in, in no industry or world other than things like this, where it's like, <laughs> or it's like garage rock or something, um, <laughs> is like having a professional vibe or like putting money into your business seen as like a bad thing. So it's like, yeah. I just think it's find it funny. It's like, it's such yeah. a, 
it's just, it is, it's an eclectic group of people. And I think that because of that, it lends to a lot of opposing viewpoints, which is obviously yeah. the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, my, you know, my, my lasting kind of thought that I would like to leave everyone with is just that um, if you have a passion, you should want to promote it. You should want mm-hmm. to get other people involved, whether it's because it's a really cool species that nobody knows about or not enough people know about, or whether it's because you want to preserve the hobby and the industry and bring more people in and make it, like we were saying, more palatable to the majority of the population. Um, so so those are my, my two main points. I think that if you have a good product that you're proud of, you should promote it to your best ability. You should put your best foot forward. And we should all be trying to, as, uh, as it was so aptly put, bridge the gap between yeah. our weird little corner of the world <laughs> and the rest of humanity at large. Awesome. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I um, think you've convinced me. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm I siding with you now. <laughs> well done. Yeah. That's well awesome. There, there's some really good points in there. And I, you know, I, 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 uh, I think that's, that's a really important point, you know, that we want to, we're, we're, this is an important thing, you know, and, and we don't want to lose our rights to be able to do this. And if we have people who are representing us well, like your boss, you know, that, um, and you, great, and, and you, you yeah. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> By, much. Yeah. And I mean, just the, the presence and, you know, the professionalism that he, and and your group has you know that's that's extremely important and will go a long way to preserving our rights and to make make it possible for us to do this for a long time so yeah, yeah thank do you do i get an honorary doctorate now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can uh, grant those but uh, maybe a fight club doctorate we need Perfect. a doctor of fight club yeah there you go change justin's mind you get a little there you go you can print oh. out a little self-printed thing and put it up on your wall. <laughs> Maybe I can like mail out like little stethoscopes or something. Like Ooh. I don't know. I, I don't know why it's a stethoscope. Yeah, wrong kind of doctor. Doctor there. of reptile. I don't I, know I do, where. I do have to ask, when is the uh-huh. book coming out? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'm working on it. They just keep asking for pictures. Anybody got (laughs) more pictures? We need more pictures. No man. We need a book. Australia and take some pictures for y'all. We need a book. (laughs) I wish I could go over to Australia and take some pictures right now. They'd let us in. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're we're getting very close. We're we're going through the photo layout now, and it's it's hard because you always find something else that you need to add. I mean, just the other day, I was looking at the chapters and I realized I hadn't edited the or, you know, updated the New Guinea uh, carpet Python chapters. I'm like, oh, crap. Eric Burke's going to have a I was just going to say, Eric's going to be so <laughs> yeah. mad at you. But, uh, like, if I didn't update that one, yeah, leave that one the same. Like, but, what the heck, dude? Yeah. So I, I added a couple pages to that, and we, yeah. we got it all nice yeah. and updated. But it's, I mean, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. I, I, I can pretty much say I think people are going to be happy with this. If they like the I'm, first one, this one's going to be awesome. <laughs> honestly, if you just did nothing but change the pictures, I'd probably be like, yes. <laughs> and and we did. We changed pretty much all the pictures. <laughs> it's going to be all new pictures. We we tried to avoid any like captive animals in yeah, the natural history chapters. So they're all, you know. I love that animals. because that yeah. to me is like, 
I want, you know, in my head, when I look at my cage, I'm like daydreaming about like, that's actually like, I'm looking at Australia or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't want to see it in a tub. I I need to go eventually. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's one of the best experiences you'll have. I mean, it's such a great place to, to herp. And I mean, on, on the one hand, you have these kind of grand visions of what it's going to be like. Right. And sometimes it's a little bit of a letdown. You're like, really? I'm not seeing anything. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's know? how I feel just terping locally. Yeah, I'm like, right? oh, it's going to be a great day. And it's like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, definitely there's some days like that. But then there's other days where you're like, oh, man, it's just another, you know, knobtail gecko. I'm like, what am I saying? It's a knobtail gecko. I'm yeah. getting out of the car and I'm going to look at it, even though I saw, you know, 20 just, to, you know, the last hour or two. So, yeah, it can be phenomenal herping and, oh, and yeah. other nights. I mean, we were talking, uh, I was talking to Owen and Rob, uh, Rob Stone and Owen McIntyre about um, the Dorat Road in the Northern Territory, right? So when we went... Um, on, it was my second trip. We went with, uh, Nick Mutton and Rico Walder. And, um, I mean, it was a fantastic year. Peter Birch, you know, it was a great trip. A couple of, um, but anyway, we were cruising this road that was recommended and we saw, you know, all these elapids, night tigers. And then we start hitting the pythons later on at night. We saw a couple, you know, children's pythons. Unfortunately, they'd been hit by cars, but then, you know, an olive and a blackhead. And we're like, this is a great road. Yeah. We're coming back tomorrow. And then the next day we came back, nothing. We didn't see hardly anything on that road. And And that's not, you know. But that makes me wonder too, because I'm like, what was it about that night that everything was out? I don't know. Like I just, my my wheels start turning with stuff like that. Like, I, I, I kind of wanted to have that. It's the lunar cycles. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a day later. The lunar cycle didn't change much, (laughs) but you know, Eric Burke's fun. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, and, and that's what Owen and you know those guys were saying was like, dude, the Dorat road sucks. We didn't see anything. And I'm like, (laughs) well, you know, we didn't either one day, but we did another day the famous fog dam. We went one night, we saw nothing. Then we went the following night and saw like eight water pythons. You know, it's like sometimes things are just hopping and other times they're not. And, and I, I wanted to maybe have a topic on here of like, is herping, you know, 90% luck and 10% skill or the, the other way around, you know, can you, cause there's some guys that, you Utah herpers that find like stuff in ridiculous numbers. And I'm like, how are they finding all these you know, animals, you know, like that are really hard to find. Have you heard, sorry to cut you off. I was just, no, yeah. I just watched this documentary, my, my octopus teacher. I don't know if you guys yeah, watched it. Yeah, that's a cool one. Oh, uh-huh. I saw right. that. I haven't watched it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was that's like, he learned how to like track the octopus, right? Like underwater. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe these guys, like, People are good at like gecko tracking or something. I don't know. Like, I guess <laughs> yeah. if you did enough times, you could figure out the little, little yeah. bark in the sand or, or whatever. There, there's, there's definitely skill. And I got kind of schooled by Rico too. Cause we were, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Rico Walder. He, I'm, he unfortunately, yeah. but yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. But I mean, you know, unfortunately he passed away, but I, I like to keep his memory alive, uh, telling sure. stories and things, but we were out there, like fi- we found a, um, uh, a carpet. It was a, a Darwin carpet in, in the, grounds around our Airbnb, you know, we went out and found it and we're like just taking pictures and looking at it and stuff. And Rico's there like measuring the temperatures and he's taking notes and and he's like, where's your notebook? Why are you not writing anything down? I'm like, 
oh, good point. You know, why don't I have a temp gun? Why aren't I, you know? And so we, you know, on our last herb trip to Arizona, just this last week, we were playing guess that temperature, you know, I'd tempt the the ground and say, okay, what's everybody's guess, you know? And, and we'd see, you know, and one night was super windy and like, we're thinking, is it worth even cruising? Like the winds were like 45 miles an hour. I'd be driving 45 with the wind and you wouldn't feel any wind out the window. It was pretty crazy. But then we'd stop and you're almost getting blown into the rattlesnake you're photographing. But we found, you know, five or six snakes that night. Um, and you know, I think they, they know when it's windy, the owls aren't going to be the greatest hunters, you know, so that they yeah. may be safe to come out. So there's a lot of different factors that I think you can learn and, you oh, know, for sure. de- I wish develop skill. Nothing more than like somebody or a bunch of people probably to like do that with every species yeah, and like right? just figure out like when are they more likely to come? You yeah. know what I mean? Like just all yep. those different things. Cause I try to do that with my snakes in my house and it's nothing compared <laughs> to the wild, like all the yeah. variation yeah. you get, but it's so interesting to me just to think about For sure. what little environmental factors motivate them to do different things. And if yeah. only we all could quit our jobs and do that full time. <laughs> right. Just follow yeah. around, just follow around yeah. stuff in the wild. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm, cool. that's what I'm wanting to do during retirement, you know, just follow a certain group. Well, um, Frank Reedy's used to, he's that monitor yeah, expert the, guy, you know, kind of revolutionized yeah. monitor yeah. breeding. Yeah. And he, um, would, he would go out and study Gila monsters. He lived in Tucson area. And so he found a couple sites where there were, you know, a few Gila's and he actually took us to the site. He blindfolded us on the way <laughs> in and stuff like, so he didn't want us to, yeah, yeah. He didn't blindfold us on the way out. So I think we gained his trust to some extent. Yeah. I can't remember where it is anyway, but it was like 10 years ago, but, um, we, we went and, um, he would say, Oh, look under that, look in that crack or look under that rock. And there'd be like two Gila's next to each other. You know, we saw like five in an afternoon He knew where they, where they hung out. So I do think, you know, just even in your own collection, looking at your animals, getting to know their habits, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, when the lights come on, they come out and bask for, you know, half an hour, 50, an hour, and then they go hide, you know, so learning things, we, we can learn some things from our captives, you know, yeah, so for sure. that can prepare us for looking at, looking I mean, it's for still something to get right now. So I'm yeah. just going to keep, yeah. keep yeah. watching yeah. them and making notes. So exactly. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun and you yeah. brought up some really great uh, points and well, I, some really good hits. In there, so. <laughs> yeah. she, she came prepared. <laughs> she, That's the, she following the Rico method. Yeah. So <laughs> um, uh, if people wanted to check you out somewhere, like the stuff you do, how might they get in touch with you or you want to put your stuff out there for people? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can get me on Instagram. It's at girl with scales. You can check me out on YouTube girl with scales i am on facebook my name is summer grace mitchell there might be another one or two of me but you'll hopefully find me eventually it says something about snakes in my (laughs) profile picture so you should know um and yeah and then if you want to check out uh what i do for my full-time job um you can look at canova so Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not on the like i'm not the the host but i am always behind the camera so any of those videos and a lot of the social media posts and stuff is secretly me Cool. Now are are your videos under that as well? My videos are under, my personal videos are under girl with scales. So that's where I cover more like educational topics or kind of the species that I keep. And then Canova is totally ball pythons. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, Well, yeah. yeah, Thanks for being on. Definitely. A great fight club. I loved it. Yeah. Thank you guys (laughs) so much for having me. It was was great to uh, 
to be on and just honored to have been asked and had had a great time kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. So nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can hear, but my dog Ruby says, good job. (laughs) Yes. I value her opinion. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh. All right. Well, um, I'd encourage everybody to go out and check out all the different podcasts on the Morelia Pythons network. There's been some really fun shows lately. And, um, I think we're, uh, we're going to talk about the trip for the, um, Patreon, uh, folks uh, for the herp trip so if you want to hear about our arizona herp trip uh with the mp crew i think we're doing that uh sunday night so uh should be should be fun to get together and reminisce about all the stuff we did uh over the last week so um thanks again for listening and uh we're we appreciate your you listening to reptile fight club and we'll see you next week for another episode fight club. 